Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is episode 44 of the Sussex Set. Wow, 2020 is full of surprises, isn't she? I just want to say before I start the podcast, I hope everybody's just keeping safe. We have, over here in America at least, two full crises unfolding. The pandemic is not over just because people are bored or because states are reopening prematurely. But, well, it seems like every couple of years, there's kind of a race slash criminal justice system crisis that happens. I think the fact that it has sort of intersected with the pandemic, seeing that a lot of people are angry in general, I think it's just kind of the perfect storm. So I just hope everybody is trying to exercise caution. I'm sure most people are, the vast majority are, in general, just staying safe and keeping in contact with their loved ones, just because I think even the mental toll is, it can be taxing. I just remember trying to, there was just some days, like Thursday and Friday of this week, just trying to not look at certain things, not look at the video, not look at even news related to it. I mean, there was a time in my life where I would just be completely consumed by it when I lived in New York. Honey, you couldn't keep me from a protest. This was like, you know, 2013, 14, 15, really. But now it's just kind of like overload (laughs) in the sense that mentally, on top of the pandemic, I think it was just too much for me to deal with. But now it's like you can't look awake. So just guard your mental health as much as you can. And whatever your principles are, stick to those. Because, you know, I feel like in times like these, especially as it relates to race, when it's just right there, a lot of times people will sort of deny what you know to be your truth, at least. So stick to your principles and just guard your mental health and stay as grounded as you can because it's a, sh- a trying time for so many. So with that, let's jump into this week's tea, which is so hot and so delicious that, man, I just have so much to say that at some point I just had to stop preparing and just talk about it because really day by day, things just keep unfolding. And I'm talking about the Karen Middleton article in the Tatler. Uh, yeah, let's get into that. Now, for all of you people who say, and not all the time, and definitely not all of y'all, but as a few of y'all who be like, stop talking about Will and Kay. Harry and Meghan are gone. Stop talking about them because let's focus on, which we do try to focus on Harry and Meghan. But do you see why we can't stop talking about Will and Kate? Do you see it? Now, granted, I can't say you don't have a point because I get it. I don't necessarily like to talk about them either. And a lot of times it's really just to be petty. But do you see it now? Because it's not that we want to always bring up Cain and Abel or will and cannot or the lame bridges, the shame bridges. But the unsavory truth is that they appear to play quite the part in this whole narrative that we have all witnessed in the last two years which has resulted in the departure of Harry and Meghan. Yes, Harry and Meghan wanted to go ultimately. And yes, Harry has spoke about leaving in the past and wanting to make a clean break from the royal family. And yes, they are better able to be free away from the institution and out of the unfair, harsh light of the tabloid media. But, and this is a big but, 
you can't consider the ugly mistreatment of Harry and Meghan without first considering the complicity of some very powerful people behind that mistreatment. And yes, while I have disdain for pretty much the entire institution of the British royal family, I'm going to assume that Will and Kate were at the forefront of the effort against Harry and Meghan within that institution. That's why I will never have anything good to say about either one of those people. Yes, the Queen is someone who could have done more to protect them, Harry and Meghan. She's a queen after all. But my view, and some people may disagree, and that's fine. She is old. She is stuck in her ways. And I feel like she knows what's going on. But I also feel like she gets handled to a degree because of her age. And what I mean by stuck in her ways, those ways being the idea of just don't do anything. Don't have an opinion. Don't lean one way or the other. Just wait it out. She's lived her whole life like that, not making any kind of statement. Princess Diana died and her inaction, not leaning one way or the other, at least you could argue that she leaned in the way of apathy, right? After she died, that's at least what the people interpreted it as. But truthfully, she just didn't say anything. Her not saying anything, not doing anything differently than what she wanted to do that damn near toppled the monarchy. So that's how she operates. And, and, and almost toppled the monarchy in a week's time, okay? So the queen don't do nothing. That being said, she plays a part, but she doesn't get most of my ire. As far as Charles go, he could have done more to protect them, of course, him being the next in line. And there are people around him and his horse who likely don't love the idea of Harry and Meghan, but Charles is also a senior citizen. Again, not excusing him at all, but I don't think he was so active in ensuring the vilification of Harry and Meghan. I just don't. He was inactive, but I don't think that he was in pursuit of their mistreatment. Now, he and his wife have had petty moments, sure, But the leaks and the sources and the venom directed at Harry and Meghan has only come out of one household consistently over the last two to three years. And I believe that is the Cambridge slash Middleton household. It's not rocket science. It started way back in the beginning when suddenly there were reports about Meghan being a diva and not just Tightsgate, which we'll get into in a minute. But way back when Megan was supposedly waking up at 5 a.m., and that was a problem, texting emojis was a problem, and all of a sudden Megan was being dubbed as, quote, Hurricane Megan. Well, in case you didn't know, there was a profile done up on Carol Middleton in some paper. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was the Daily Mail. But they did a profile of her and her style, you know, as a CEO and et cetera, et cetera. Now, she supposedly cracks a whip on all of her employees at party pieces, and she is called, or maybe she calls herself, Hurricane Carol. Now, what are the freaking odds? Hmm, what are the odds? And so it began, this effort to make Megan look like this difficult, pushy American actress, and she's bullying the poor British courtiers attending to her, when in actuality, these were lies being fed to the tabloids. Now, I'm not saying they were all any one person, but I know they all came from one direction. 
And of course, the tabloids were all too happy to write about it and about Megan especially, getting the ball rolling, vilifying her character. And remember that at this time, the British press and the Middletons and the Cambridges, they had no idea that Harry and Meghan would get so fed up so soon and chuck their deuces up, leaving the entire country and the institution behind. No clue. Maybe Harry and Meghan didn't even realize at that point so soon that they would be up out of there. And my thinking is they thought, and I'm talking about the media, as well as the Middletons and the Cambridges, they thought it would be a free-for-all forevermore because Harry's the spare. And they were so used to abusing him and it being okay. His wife was black. So that was a free pass to be racist. And of course, in doing so, in trashing the Sussexes, they could build up a steady stream of favors from Will and Kate and the Middletons, who, believe it or not, whether you like it or not, because this has always been the unspoken thing, the closer Will and Kate get to the throne, the more powerful the Middletons get. I mean, there's just no other way to look at it. So, of course, they're going to try to store up favors with both the Cambridges and the Middletons. Now, this is assuming that people still respect the monarchy. But yeah, so the media and the Middletons and the Cambridges, they were just going to get Will and Kate to coast all the way to the throne on the back of Harry and Meghan, abusing Harry and Meghan the whole time, propping up Will and Kate simultaneously the whole time, and that it was going to be all good because that's the way things go. Until Harry and Meghan threw a wrench in that plan. Because why would they stay when it's a lose-lose for them? especially that it was their work and their global interest, like the global interest in Harry and Meghan, that was basically carrying the monarchy into the modern age. Only a fool would stay in those circumstances, right? But in this two years, we saw article after article, headlines that make you chuckle and disbelieve because you couldn't believe what you were reading. Some examples include, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you get the picture, Megan helps to cause drought and famine in Mexico because she eats avocados. Megan's bouquet could have ended Charlotte's life. Megan yelled at the queen over a tiara. And of course, the famous Megan may Kate cry. And we saw over and over that old, reliable, angry black woman stereotype being thrown at Megan, right alongside that famous narrative of the white woman being your favorite victim. And we know that's not new. But it's still sickening. It's sickening to read because it was clearly a deliberate effort to vilify Megan while propping up Kate. And my question is, why do you need to vilify a clearly remarkable person in order to prop up someone that's been there for eight years? You should have propped her up at any time. Like you had a whole eight years to do it. Why are you waiting until the black one shows up? You know, you waiting until, of course, that's why you did it because she's black and she's remarkable. But You're waiting until Harry and Meghan show you that they're the real draw, not only for the media to prop Will and Kate up, especially Kate, but for Kate to actually start working. But my question to that whole thing in particular, the making Kate cry bit, which we've come to reference as Tightsgate. Why? And forgive me if it sounds like I'm painting with a broad brush because I'm really not intending to. But why do people love to position white women as someone's victim, like always someone's freaking victim. And the women in this example, Kate, who are willingly identifying themselves as someone's victim, why do you think that serves you? Like, don't you ever get tired of it? Turning on the tears to garner sympathy, 
you know, making someone else seems like they're bullying you. Like, do you ever get tired of presenting yourself as weak and powerless? And let me reiterate, I am not talking about white women. I'm talking about the ones who do this. Anyone who does this, this is just freaking annoying to me. But it seems to work so well whenever we make a white woman a victim, especially one of a black woman. And we put that in somebody's newspaper. And especially if somebody who's like Kate, who's supposed to be liked by everybody. Oh, my God. After all, she's going to be queen one day. Oh, but Megan made her cry. You know, and you often hear about people referring to white women in particular, weaponizing their whiteness. And the problem is rampant in America. All you need to do is type in Karen on Twitter. That's it. You will be scrolling for days. But like this idea of turning on tears to vilify a person of color because you know that strategy works is what we call weaponizing whiteness. And when it comes to Kate, sis turned out to be a pro at it, at least regarding Tightsgate. And I don't care what that statement from KP says, because the story had been out there for literally over a year. And it's only when she started receiving backlash for the story that KP put out a statement saying that it was basically, as you would say over there, rubbish. And it ain't rubbish, not with your cooperation, sis. But we knew when we saw that headline, Megan made Kate cry, that this is exactly the tack that the press and the family would take against the Sussexes and Megan in particular. That she was somehow a diva, that she was a bully, that she was an aggressive individual. And if you'll notice all the headlines after that somehow characterize Megan as rude, as difficult, as demanding, or even as uppity, as they have called her. And uppity is just the word white people use to describe black people who see themselves as just as good as white people. Because they are just as good as white people. They're just as good as anybody, regardless of their skin color. But when you're uppity, as described by a white person, and you're a person of color, especially a black person, they are intimidated by you. That's what they're really saying. And of course, it's offensive to me to hear a white person describe a black person as uppity. But it's also like, yeah, this person knows her worth and she's going to go anywhere she wants to go, not just in the box that you think she deserves. And if calling her uppity makes you feel better about yourself, then so be it. Because she's going to do what she wants to do. And you're going to sit there and watch and not be able to do a damn thing about it. So anyway, that abuse went on for about two years, and the Sussexes smartly put an end to that cycle. And this is where we are now. So Catherine tried the white woman tears just one last time, even after the Sussexes had left, months after, even after the pandemic began, again, months after. And she, in case you missed it, cried to her rag. This is her rag. The tattler is her rag. That, quote, because of Harry and Meghan's absence, her workload has doubled and she's feeling exhausted and trapped. And that Harry and Meghan effectively threw her three children under the bus because she wanted to spend time with them and be a hands-on parent. Now, this is all while she is literally locked in the house with them. You know, because of the pandemic. And let me tell you a little something about Tatler. Tatler is a Cambridge and Middleton mouthpiece. And guess who they have been utterly trashing for the last two years? You guessed it, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex. 
They have called her a social climber, and they have compared her more than one time to Wallace Simpson. Even writing an article, is Meghan Markle the new Wallace Simpson? Like, it doesn't get any more blatant than that. And of course, for clicks, because Meghan's name will get clicks, they posted a lot of seemingly harmless things about Meghan, too. But if you look at their pieces, there's always a dig somewhere in there. Tyler is not a friend to Megan. It is a friend to Kate. It is a friend to Kate's siblings. It is a friend to Kate's mother. It is not a friend to Megan. You know who else is a friend to Kate? Richard Drennan, the guy who's the editor-in-chief of Tatler. He is so close of a friend that he's even vacationed with her. So let that sink in. I mean, it's really not that hard a connection to make if you really just do it. You know what I mean? I mean, they've done their puff pieces on Pippa, who is Kate's sister, in case you didn't know. Don't know what she does, but she doesn't have to do anything. It's her life. Now, I'm not saying they're controlled by the Middletons, but Carol gets her hands dirty. And the Tatler promotes the Middletons. And so when Megan came along, they went into overdrive promoting Kate because that's the effect Megan had on the whole tabloid scene. Now, of course, we know about all of the negative articles, but there were just articles of all kinds everywhere. And Megan's name and her photo was front and center on just about every daily rag. Monthly rags, too, girl. Every single time you looked up, it was a picture of Megan and a headline of Megan on somebody's paper. And do you know what they call that? That's called attention. So Kate, being Kate, I feel, realized that effectively she no longer existed in the public interest. Carol also realized that. Will realized it. Because basically, Harry and Meghan was all anybody wanted to talk about. And we all did. We all realized it. Of course, we talked about it, but I'm talking about everybody, even the critics. You know how they say bad attention is still good attention? There's no such thing as bad attention. Well, nobody, I'd like to stress, nobody cared a thing about what Will and Kate did. Even if they were consumed with negative articles. You know, isn't that a shame? Even though you might have a machine that can pump out negative articles, and then you have every indication that those negative articles don't keep people from lining up in droves just to get a glimpse of the person whose attention, rather, has at least eclipsed yours. And there's nothing that those negative articles that you might have a hand in helping to, you know, engineer. They're not stopping her initiatives from being successful either. You know what I mean? Like, that must really get under your skin. And so Tatler played the role. They took up the charge to just go into overdrive promoting Kate. I mean, other tabloids did too. But even when Kate's not even promoting herself, right? I mean, the girl does very little. And what she does is boring. Some people are just boring, and that's fine. But it doesn't make the papers. And when it does, it feels forced. And also when it does, no one cares. So now fast forward to where the Sussexes are out of the picture, out of the royal picture, out of the country even. And the Tatler and KP, it must be said, are still using the Sussexes name, now trying to drag it through the mud and not even hiding it. All in order to promote Kate the Great. 
Now, this is the part where we all throw our heads back and laugh because that did not go according to plan. They expected it to be a slam of Harry and Meghan and that the Sussexes would be shamed and the country would just run to Kate's defense because victim. And that didn't happen. Sis, it didn't go your way. But I'll tell you what did happen. That thing backfired so much that, girl, you want to sue your own mouthpiece. And you're trying to distance yourself from what we all know you did, which is morph into the Karen of the royal family. Yeah, because that's what you did. And what I found hilarious was that KP released this statement, right? After we saw the cover, after the article had went up, so many of the things in the article we had all heard before that KP did not rebuff at all. And they said that the article was full of inaccuracies and basically implying that they didn't approve of it, which, by the way, it's full of sources, quote unquote, people who knew somebody who knew the Middletons or who dated a Middleton. Kate's friends, it was also referenced saying all these things, not just about Harry and Meghan, but I mean, a lot of the things that were said about her and her own mama were not very flattering. Although the vast majority of the piece was a puff piece to promote Kate. It really was. But the thing is, and this is where it is so sweet, it backfired because you just had to use the names Harry and Meghan. Because that's the only thing that was going to cause this article to bubble up to the surface to where anybody cared about it. And then this article, and it must be stressed with KP's cooperation, with Catherine the Great's cooperation, positioned her through, you know, the words of her friends as someone who, again, feels exhausted and trapped. Girl, all you're doing is basically letting us know that you're lazy as hell. You're lazy, sis. You're locked in the house. You're in the house. You got this big estate. You can go out and at least, you know, not be cooped up in, in your big house. You got a big old yard. You got all these acres, girlfriend. You got your kids right there up under you. You and your nannies. You ain't going no damn where. But all of a sudden, Harry and Megan are forcing you to be trapped. You mean to tell me you wasn't feeling trapped in the first eight years of your marriage? You only got trapped after Harry left. And I know why you feel trapped. Um, let me go ahead and say this, and I'll get back to that article. But it has been said, okay, that Harry, him being the kind individual that he is, because, I mean, it don't take a rocket scientist to see that Harry's he's a pretty dope dude. He was your your friend. He probably cared about you genuinely, you know, when your husband was out doing whatever he was doing, okay? And he was the one that helped you to not feel so trapped. But then when the boy went off and got a life of his own, all of a sudden, and they leave, all of a sudden, you feel trapped. And that's because you should have known what you were getting into. You skipped your first year of college. You took a gap year so you could go to Will's school. You marched down the runway in lingerie so you could get William's attention, girlfriend. You dated that boy for eight years before he finally just broke down and proposed to you. That was your doing, because you did that. So this is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. So you the one who gonna be the queen consort. Future queen, future queen. That's what all your little fangirls be saying. So this is what you wanted. And if anybody threw your children under the bus, it was you. Because you brought them into that situation. 
you brought them into the life where they are going to have to cut ribbons and unveil plaques for the rest of their lives. You did that, sis. It ain't Harry's job to save you. And while he might have been a captain in the army, he ain't never been Captain Save a Ho. So you made your choices. And everybody got choices. You were deliberate about yours. So to blame your misery, and we all know you're miserable, girl, because we knew that. We been knew that. We can just look at your face. But to blame your misery and your dread, because it will be another 20 or 30 years of you feeling trapped. Hell, of you being trapped. You live in a bubble. You live in a fishbowl. And that's the one that you chose. So to blame your choices on two people who are separate from you who have made different choices on behalf of their family is weak. And everybody saw it immediately, immediately. And you got the response you deserve. So don't backtrack. Don't act like you didn't cooperate because we know you did. You thought, oh, girl, this is going to be good right here. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I'm going to get them to write this article about how, like, you know, I'm one of the most influential women in the world. And, you know, I got my man back and, you know, he ain't really focused unless he around me. And, you know, then I'm going to throw in like, a, I don't know, like a line or two about how like Harry and Megan basically like threw my kids under the bus because, you know, everybody loved my kids. And, you know, I pimp them out when I get ready. So I know they really love the future era and all of that. So what we're going to do is we basically going to position the Sussexes as devils because everybody love us. You know, we're going to be the next or the, you know, we future king and queen. So, oh, yeah, this going to be good. And you can go ahead and run the story. And see, now, Kate, you're out here looking crazy because after the story ran and it got all of the news and all the attention for all the wrong reasons, then KP released a statement. Notice they never released any statements about all of the lies that were told about Megan. Not one time. Including the fact that an article was written about Megan again making Kate cry, which again is referenced in this article. Basically, all but saying it was true and it was about tights. And yeah, of course, you know, because Kate was the victim and it was hot and the girls were. But to that point, who do you think you are trying to tell another woman on about her wedding now what should and shouldn't take place? And then having the nerve, I mean, which if you cry, girl, you cry. That's your business. But then going off looking like the victim and then not whenever the story came out, not correcting the record. Because you crying after you just had a baby, that's your business. We feel for you if that's the case and you were just emotional. But how dare you try to dictate what another woman does and what, what plans another woman makes for her wedding? I don't care if your kids are in it. If you don't want your girl to wear tights, she shouldn't be, what do you call it? One of the little maids, a bridesmaid. She shouldn't be in the wedding. But see, what would that look like? A mess. A ghetto mess. All of y'all are ghetto. And you really are ghetto, girl. You, you, I mean, like, I get it when people say the Middletons are not, you know, and that's not to say, you know, aristocracy is better than anybody else. But, you know, they just conduct themselves a little bit differently. I mean, did you notice? And that don't change just because you got a title. How dare you think that you can do that? And then, as far as I know, Kate was the only one who showed up wearing white at Megan's wedding. And I'm talking about someone in the senior royal 
family wearing white to another woman's wedding. Like I said, Megan stole her man, I guess, because I guess Kate wanted Will and Harry all to herself. Because when you look at the pieces and you put them all together and then you get this big picture forming, it really seems like Kate really has it out for Megan, right? And what's at the center of it is that Harry is no longer basically her shield from all the misery that she complains about now. But the article came out, KP released a statement saying it was inaccurate, even though we knew they cooperated. And here's the thing that I think I yelped when I read it, because the editor-in-chief, her so-called friend, who is the editor-in-chief of The Tatler, he released his own statement, like, right after it, saying, oh, no, 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 sis, because what we're not going to do is tell lies to the people. And he said, in response, and I quote, Kensington Palace knew we were running the Catherine the Great cover months ago. And we asked them to work together on it. The fact that they are denying they ever knew is categorically false. And so was your move, KP, because I can tell you who I believe. And I don't know a whole lot about Richard Drennan. I probably wouldn't like him. He's probably a prick. I don't know the guy. But kudos to him for standing by what they put out and not shying away from the fact that KP cooperated and letting the good folks know that they did. KP girl, we see you. We've been seeing you. But why are you trying to pretend now? Oh, that's right. Because anytime somebody says something about Kate, then it's like, we're ready to go to war. Even though Kate ain't doing you no favors. And so now Kate is wanting to sue Kate and KP, saying that the article was, quote, cruel, sexist, and woman shaming. So when Megan was living at KP, which she was for quite a while before they moved to Frogmore, and people were writing cruel, sexist, and woman-shaming articles about her on a daily basis while she was pregnant with her first child in the first year of marriage, first year in the family as your sister-in-law. Where was this energy? Because I didn't see it, and I could be mistaken. So if somebody can give me evidence of that, please show me, because I didn't see it. But one article comes out that isn't even unflattering to you. It's a puff piece about you. And now you want to sue? And understand, she's not suing because of the content of the article. Again, they stand by their statement, Tatler does, in saying that they knew for months that this was coming out. She's suing because of the backlash. They're suing because of the backlash. And again, another example of how Megan continues to set a precedent for all of the people who are there. Not to say that Megan's the first royal to sue, but she's the one who's suing where everybody's paying attention here lately. Now, all of a sudden, other folks are getting the courage to do the same thing that she's doing. Not just suing, but everything else. But see, if people had reacted like they wanted people to react, shaming Harry and Megan because they left, because they said no to abuse, and everyone just ran to Kate's defense and started supporting her, and everything went according to plan, she wouldn't be suing. She'd be lapping it up. She'd do another Zoom call just to follow it up. But she's suing because one of the things, one of the major criticisms that came out after this, especially given the headlines of, well, Harry and Meghan left, and now Kate's friends are saying she's so exhausted and she's trapped, and the kids are, have been just thrown under the bus. She's sitting in a very large house. Both of them are, Will and Kate, sitting in a very large house, just one of their very large homes. All day, every day, they're around their kids. 
but then saying that, by the way, remember, Harry and Meghan left at the beginning of the pandemic. So really, the whole time that Harry and Meghan have been gone, she's been doing nothing but spending time with her kids. So blaming Harry and Meghan not only does it make you look like a liar, but it also makes you sound completely tone deaf, which, yeah, we kind of know you are. But all the people that you're praising on a day-to-day basis, you know, the NHS workers, the EMTs and the doctors, everybody who are actually doing a very hard job day-to-day just trying to get a hold of this pandemic, and you're saying you work hard because you're exhausted and you haven't been doing anything but sitting in your house talking to a computer, going outside for like two minutes to clap, and you're exhausted? Again, the hypocrisy of it all. And the article also says something like, well, Harry and Meghan announced their new nonprofit initiative, Archwell, from their haven in L.A. And then it jumps to the following quotes. Meghan and Harry have been so selfish. William and Catherine really wanted to be hands-on parents, and the Sussexes have effectively thrown their three children under a bus. This is a quote. There goes their morning school runs as the responsibilities on them are now enormous. Again, the kids aren't even in school. So what are you basing that statement? What are you basing that quote on? And this only says to me, that quote right there, that quote in particular, only says to me that they were expecting their time as royals to be a free ride. Again, especially if Harry and Meghan were there. Because as long as Harry and Meghan were there working, They could just do whatever they wanted to do day to day. Do a little engagement here or there, a couple of days a week. And again, they haven't even been doing anything. But let's say the pandemic is over. Yeah, you ought to work because you're the first in line. All these people talking about Megan's going to bow to Kate one day. Okay, well, girl, earn your curtsies. Earn those. You got a lot of ribbons to cut. Okay? But between the nannies and the chauffeurs and the maids, You have nothing stopping you from being a hands-on parent. It ain't Meghan and Harry's fault that you don't actually want to work. You know what I mean? And then Harry and Meghan are not y'all's slaves. You know, so that to me makes me wonder whether that's what their thinking was in the beginning and everything was all good as long as Harry and Meghan were in place to be abused while they could be protected. Now you see what happened. We told you it was going to happen. We told you. Every last one of y'all in the Sussex Watch said it. Harry and Meghan were the shield. They were the shield for the rest of the royal family. And now what have we seen with Harry and Meghan out of the way? They've gone in on Charles. And this is after he had coronavirus, okay? They have gone in on the queen for protecting Andrew. And she's still doing it, throwing money at all his problems. They have gone in on William. I'm just talking about regular English folks, people who ain't even royal watchers. And now, K-Girl, it's your turn. Harry and Meghan still going to do Harry and Meghan. (laughs) Y'all don't understand. Harry and Meghan are still beloved. They just doing their thing, living their lives out in L.A. Ain't nothing changed. But now y'all are the ones who have to actually now pay or answer or explain y'all's actions. You know, the never explain, never complain crew. Y'all doing a lot of complaining here lately. And I got to say, it's unbecoming, right? Because it's unbecoming when the Sussexes do it, when they defend themselves. When Megan says, well, 
no one's really asked if I was okay. She was talking about you. Because reading this article and the way y'all are throwing Harry and Meghan under the bus, I seriously doubt if she asked Meghan if she was okay. I seriously doubt any of those people asked Meghan if she was okay. Or Harry, for that matter. But especially Meghan, given that this girl carried a baby two term. That was a miracle, given what that girl went through. And then after the article dropped, Richard Drennan, again, the editor-in-chief of Tatler, he deleted all of his posts from Instagram. And do you want to know why? Because the same Nazis that went and muddied up and dirtied up Harry and Meghan's comments on Sussex Royal, they went after him for telling the truth about their girl, Kate. You know, I love Kendrick Lamar. One of my favorite lyrics is, don't tell a lie on me and I won't tell the truth about you. Don't tell a lie on me and I won't tell the truth about you. Now, ain't that funny how that came around? They out here telling lies, right? On everybody. Everybody that they don't like. At least the two in particular, right? And now here they are because what I hope happens, especially given that Tyler is now officially being sued, or so it seems, bring your receipts, Drennan. Bring your receipts. Let's see what the truth is. Let's see what the truth, because KP lying on you, because that's what you said in your statement. I stand by what I wrote. That's what you said. They knew we were going to run this cover story months ago, because that's what you said. So bring the truth. Bring the tea, because we want to know. Let's see what the truth is, because I know who's lying. I feel like I know who's lying, or I know who I believe is lying. I'll put it that way. And who I believe has the receipts. I mean, I don't really know what kind of publication Tatler is, but given that it's a publication of some kind, I'm sure they keep receipts. I mean, that's sort of a profession where you have insurance, just in case. Well, here, here you go. Here go your opportunity. So let's see what the truth is. This could be fun because we assume y'all are friends, but in truth, y'all might be frenemies. So let's see how passive aggressive it gets because we know y'all got it in you. Give us a show. Give us a show. The editor of The Tatler sure is being petty. Even though he doesn't have any posts on his Instagram, he sure did post a story of his dogs reading the Catherine the Great article in Tatler. I really hope y'all saw that. Dude's not backing down. So this is the type of show that I like. You know, again, Megan and Harry was their shield. They thought they were immune. They thought they could basically trash two people with impunity. Turns out, not everybody likes you. Not even your so-called friends, because when you do dirt, you get dirty. So Dennis say, y'all not finna lie on me. So that's going to be interesting. And then, have you guys been watching Filthy Rich on Netflix? I couldn't even hardly make it through that series. And so just remember who these people are, the kinds of people that at least one of them that we know is. You'd like to think that A lot of times they think they can do just about anything without ever paying a consequence because they have the resources to cover things up. And I'm not just talking about Epstein. I'm talking about the kinds of people like Andrew. Do your history on the royal family. I'm not necessarily trying to be conspiracy theorist, but when you watch Filthy Rich on Netflix, okay, and this is not sponsored, but when you watch Filthy Rich on Netflix and then you see the types of things that are talked about, that are done, that were done to these women and the type of person involved who is a member of a royal family, the royal family. And then basically 
looking back over the last few months or year and seeing how that same royal family that pushed out Harry and Meghan didn't do anything to make sure that blood prince, they did nothing to make sure he was accountable. They're protecting him. And even this week, the queen, again, paying money to his properties, his debts, protecting him. And then the day after the dude died, the queen and Andrew are smiling, going to church, making sure they're prominently pictured. So these are the types of people, I ain't, they gonna never have no love for me. They gonna never have no love for me. Even though most of this episode is about the Cambridges and Kate and that stunt that she pulled and how I'm basically enjoying the entertainment, she's only one example. Even though she married into it, the institution as a whole is problematic, and I don't see how they still exist. Honestly, I don't see how they are still allowed to exist, how the public still puts up with them. You complain about Harry and Meghan using tax funds, but you don't complain about Andrew using tax funds. He's basically living on y'all. Y'all don't give a damn, though. And let me tell you this. I better not hear anything from anybody in that royal family talking about Black Lives Matter or even making reference to anything happening over here with regard to that in particular. Okay? Because I don't want it. Because we don't want to hear it. You had a Black life over there. You had a whole Black American <laughs> over there. And y'all ran her right out the country. So I don't want to hear, girl, we don't want to hear it. So go ahead and do what y'all do, okay? Remain, quote unquote, uncontroversial, even though that ain't never been y'all's MO because y'all always been low-key controversial as hell. We don't want to hear nothing about it. And I say that just because we saw the Queen's Commonwealth Trust, which Harry and Meghan are the president and vice president of. That's the only Thing associated with that royal family that I want to hear or even make reference to what's happening over here. That's cool. But all them other folk, nah, just don't even be tempted by it. It would be so bizarre. So just save yourself the headache, girl. And on another note, a big congrats to the Endeavor Fund and to the Invictus Games. You may know the Endeavor Fund as the award. Well, it's a fund, but it's they put on that award ceremony every year. The famous Harry and Meghan under the umbrella picture from their first engagement under their farewell tour. The Endeavor Fund is now a part of the Invictus Games. What the Endeavor Fund does is, as I say, they seek to help wounded and injured and sick ex-service personnel achieve their ambitions in fields of sport and adventurous challenge. And they also put on the Endeavor Fund of Wards each year. Well, now it is officially a part of the Invictus Games, which, of course, was founded by Harry. Congratulations. I mean, that's wonderful to see because they're both sort of similar. The Invictus Games is a wonderful sporting event that inspires and supports the rehabilitation of wounded and injured servicemen and women. And they put on games every couple of years in cities around the world. Of course, this year, the one in The Hague actually was supposed to already have happened in May, but it was canceled due to the pandemic. But I believe they're going to either put it on next year or the year after that. But the Endeavor Fund is now under the umbrella of the Invictus Games Foundation. And that's an amazing thing just because we kind of saw a little bit of, at least within the squad, right, a little anxiety in terms of when Harry and Meghan went their own way, what would happen to their projects, especially ones that they have nurtured. Harry's been nurturing the Invictus Games for quite some time. That and Bali and a few other things that he's been a patron of for a while. 
we were sort of wondering how things were going to go. And it's nice to see a lot of the things that are similar anyway, sort of coalescing. So they are always going to have my support. Servicemen and women for all they do for their countries should always have our support. And so it's just a wonderful thing to see as well as support in the future. So good job, Harry, for bringing those two important foundations together. And congrats to the Invictus Games Foundation, as well as the Endeavor Fund. And of course, we look forward to seeing what you guys do together. Okay, guys, I am all talked out on this one. So with that, that is pretty much all I have for today. I'm a little bit emotionally drained, given that everything that is happening just seems to make me wonder if this is May. And I'm recording this over a couple of days. So technically, it's now June 1st. And I still got to get this thing to an editor. If this is just June, I'm a little worried about what like September and August is going to look like because this year has been bananas. So I'm just, you know, trying to keep my head. I hope everybody's keeping their heads and focus on the positive. You know, it's worth the shot, right? (laughs) As always, though, guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. I really do uh, appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And thank you for always standing for what's right. That's just what is the right thing to do. People don't always like our methods. People don't always like our outspokenness, but never freaking change. You hear me? So sometimes your voice is the most important thing. So let's continue to use that. And again, I'll reiterate, I'll say it as many times as I feel like I need to. I'm very happy that Harry and Megan have, at least on social media, voices of support and voices that amplify what's right. Good on you guys. And thank you as always. So Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Sussex Squad, on Instagram at Sussex Set. You can also find me on Patreon, me and the Set fam at Sussex Set slash Sussex Set. So take care of yourselves, guys, and take care of one another. Until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.